All right, if you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 13, please. Um, we are um, in a series on the Holy Spirit. And last week we started with the help of the Holy Spirit. Or, and uh, we're going to look at that again this morning. You're going to Romans 13. I'm going to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, which has been our scripture. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. And we've been looking at this and um, down to the fact that we need the help of the Holy Spirit to do what God has called us to do because it is impossible for us to do it ourselves. We do not have it within us to be able to do what God has called us to do and to be what God has called us to be. Um, and we don't have it within us because we are fallen people. We are uh, sin has gripped us. We have a sin nature and that sin nature can never please God. And yet we try. We do our best, but it's not within us to be able to be what God has called us to be. And part of the other reason that it's impossible is because there's nothing, because we are in a fallen world in ourselves too, and there is sin there, there is nothing for us to draw on from within ourselves that can fix us. And that's why Jesus came to be the sacrifice for us so that the Father, our Father, could pour out His Spirit in us, His life, His power... His everything, His whatever we need through the Holy Spirit. You see, we have to understand that sin cannot fix sin. Only God can. But once we give our life to Jesus Christ, then His Spirit is awakened in us. He pours out His Spirit in us. And then our spirit is awakened and now we can begin to be and to do what God has called us to be and to do. And um, part of the problem with all of this, though, is we want everything right now. And I'm, I'm just here to tell you, if you haven't figured this out, God is not about right now. Now, there are suddenlies in the Bible when he does something suddenly, but most of the time God works through what we hate is called a process. Now we love it here, but other people listening, if, you know, because we understand in this church, God processes us. We're going to go through a process. And a process takes a lot longer than the instant that we're used to or want. It's longer than the drive through, even though last week we talked about how the drive through is not very fast anymore. And Here's the reality of the process. Because it takes time, it forces us, it gives us opportunity, really, is the better way to describe it. It gives us opportunity to draw near to God. And if we would do that, then the process would be cut shorter. Because when we draw close to God, and He's able to speak to us during that time, then that's when we're transformed into His likeness. And that's when we be, can become His witnesses. You know, and, and our whole premise on this on the Acts chapter 1 is 
He said, you'll receive my power and you'll be my witnesses. And I'm here to tell you that in between receiving his power and being his witnesses is called transformation. And we as people don't like to go through transformation. I don't like to go through transformation, even though I know it's good for me. Because God starts picking on things that I like that he doesn't. And if I'm honest with you, and I know this is true in your life as well, you prefer somebody else going through transformation more than you going through transformation. I'm happy when I see it in you. But God wants to do so much in us. And when we look at Acts chapter 1 as well, we just think that, okay, if, well, if I get born again and I receive the Holy Spirit, then I'm going to be what God wants me. No, that's not how it happens either. There's a responsibility that we have as well. And most of us don't want to own up to that responsibility. And, and in fact, we really treat God like this. Well, if you want to do that in me, you just go ahead and do it. I'm not going to participate. Now, we don't always say it like that in our minds, but that's what our actions are saying. And so that's what our heart is saying. God, you just do it. No, he's not going to just do it. He's given us Jesus. We've received salvation from him. We've received his spirit. Now he wants us to do it. That's like telling your kid when it's an infant and saying, you feed yourself. No, it's not going to happen. We have to help them. And. Okay. We've said this before, but I, I, I'm just going to say it. the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is our helper. He's not our doer. He helps us do what God has called us to do. He helps us become what God has called us to become. But he's not the one who does it. We have to cooperate with him. And we looked last week at some ways and some principles in God's word and in his kingdom that are different. They're, they're very different from the ways and the principles of the world. And since they're so different, we need to retrain ourselves. We need to retrain our thinking to come into agreement with God and his word and his ways. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us do that. But if you think that you're just going to be born again and you're going to slide the Bible under your pillow at night and osmosis is going to occur, it's not. It's not. You have to do more than that. We need to be a people who look into His Word, find out how His kingdom operates, then agree with it. Get in line with it. And we need to... Quit arguing with God's word and his ways and his principles. I can't tell you how many Christians I have met. I know God's word says this, but. And whenever you put that but in, I know you're in trouble now. Because his word doesn't, it, it's not appealing to our flesh and to our feelings. God's not calling it, giving us that and asking, is it okay with you? Is this word all right? No, he doesn't do that. He tells us the way it is. And it's our responsibility to come in line with it. I'm working up your appetite this morning. But, you know, we, 
we just need to quit arguing. You know, God gives us certain things to do and, and we're like, well, I don't want to do it. Okay, then. And that's why we need to draw on the help of the Holy Spirit to become like what He has declared and said in His Scriptures as to who we are. And I want to tell you, it's our responsibility to do our part, but once we take those first steps, once we make that initiative, I'm telling you, God will step in and help us. And there's so many times that we're waiting on God to change us, but we're the ones who have to put off some things first and to put on some things first. But once we begin that process, that journey, then God comes in and He helps us. And so that brings me to Romans chapter 13. And I want us to see this and we're going to go through this and then I'm going to towards the end give you hopefully some more instruction on this. But we need the help of the Holy Spirit to do what he has called us to do, what he has chosen for us. In Romans chapter 13, if you'll look at verse 11. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And let me just remind you, it's not a good time in the world of the Christian right now. A lot of persecution going on. But he says this in Romans 13, 11. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. So he's talking about the coming of the Lord. And everybody says hallelujah. Verse 12. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. So there's our responsibility. Okay, This is something that we're supposed to do. He says in verse 12, So then, let us cast off works of darkness. That's our responsibility. But once you begin to do that, God will come and help you and put on the armor of light. So we're to take off or to cast off, but we're also to put on. And this is something that we are to do. Verse 13. Let us walk properly as in the daytime. In other words, not in the darkness. Don't do the deeds of darkness. Do what is proper. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. But, verse 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no room or no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So we're to put on Christ. Well, what does that look like? Well, we're going to see that in just a few minutes. But that's what God has called us to. And some of us are just waiting for God to do it. And He's waiting for you to begin to do something. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, please. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 17. 
Ephesians 4.17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord. That you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their minds. And basically let me just share this. Paul is when he's using the word Gentile. He's using the word unsaved basically. So he's telling us. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their minds. Verse 18. They are darkened in their understanding. Alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. And that's powerful. And that's provoking, but we're not going to spend time on it. Verse 19. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have learned about him and were taught in him as the truth in Jesus. And this is the truth in Jesus. Okay, verse 22 to put off your old self. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what it means to be put on Christ to become like Christ. Then put off. Your old self. And then he defines what our old self is. Which belongs to your former manner of life. And is corrupt through deceitful desires. And and this is our responsibility. Verse 23. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to put on the new self. Created after the likeness of God. In true righteousness and holiness. Okay? So that is what we're supposed to do. So that means when you're at work and things aren't going bad and people cussing all around you and people are doing all kind of crazy things around you, you don't have to participate. You can say no. You're putting off the old. You're putting on the new. Okay? You don't have to be like them. As we heard this morning, We're the light of the world. Then shine, baby. You can't shine when you're becoming like them. But I want to tell you, when we step out and do these things, that's when God will come in and help us through the Holy Spirit. He will be our helper. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, please. Ephesians chapter 6. Oh, this is so good. Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And we're going to pause there for a moment, but this is what He's calling us to. Okay? Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. That's what he's calling it. How do we do it? Verse 11. Put on. Everybody say put on. The whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So what happens if you don't put your armor on? You can't withstand the schemes of the enemy. It's that simple. 
And so we have to put on the whole armor of God. Verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, I know that you guys think that they take on flesh every once in a while, you know, your family members and friends and different things, but they're not. Your spouse is not included in this, all right? You may think at times they are, but they're not, all right? Verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So again, we're to put on, we're to take on, take up. This is what we're supposed to do. What happens if we don't do it? Then we can't withstand. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. That is our responsibility to fasten on ourselves, on our lives, the belt of truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, that is our responsibility to do. That means that we're to understand that we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus now. And so there's a new option, a new way for us to live. And we're choosing that way. We're not walking like we used to. Verse 15. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And so these are things that we have to do. And there's so many of us waiting for the Holy Spirit to do it in us. And it's not going to happen. We have to take the initiative. We have to make those first steps and then God will come in. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, please. Colossians chapter 3. I hope you're understanding and sensing that when we're looking at these Scriptures, you are coming to the conclusion you need more help. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. He says, put to death Who's going to do that? We are. It's our responsibility. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And then he tells us what is earthly in us. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in in them. And so, can I tell you, it was natural to it. It was, it's customary. And that's what the world is offering. The world is saying, it's okay if you do all of these things. But we're not to put those on. We're to put those to death. The earthly things, the natural things that we used to walk in, now God is requiring of us to put it to death. And I'm telling you, if you're going to put it to death, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. 
It's not just going to go away in your life. You have to kill it. Um, verse 7. Well, in these, you too once walked when you were living in them. Verse 8. But now you must put them all away. And then he gives us another list of things to put away. And if you find yourself in here, just say, oh, me to yourself. You don't have to say it out loud. All right. So this is what we're to put away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and, if I say and, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So that's what we're supposed to do. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, Pastor, that's a lot. This isn't easy. I'm telling you, it's not. It is a lot, and it's not easy. Think about this for a moment. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? But we see very few doing this. So it's not easy, but it is possible with the help of the Holy Spirit. Verse 12, Colossians 3.12. Excuse me. Put on them as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love. Isn't that amazing? We're to put on love. Which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And I, I want... you can, When he's talking about putting off and putting on, he's talking about changing your clothes. Just as easy it is for you to take off whatever you're wearing today, that's what God wants us to do. In taking those things off. But he also says, in putting those things on, it's like putting clothes on. Every one of you got dressed today. I know you can put it on. So you just have to apply this to the spiritual realm. Begin to do the things that God has asked you to do. Begin to stop doing the things that He tells you to don't do. Now that's easy. Until you start doing it. And that's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit. So, in these scriptures, let me help you out, especially in these last two. I'm going to go through your thought process. I'm going to help you out. You're going to come to a point in your life where you're going to want to be angry. And so you just simply pause and you say, Lord, I want to be angry, but please help me not to be angry. And then let the Holy Spirit help you. And he may, I don't know what he's going to do for you, but he may question you and say, well, what's the opposite of anger? And you come up with something. Well, maybe loving them. 
Okay, go love them. <laughs> you say, well, I don't want to. See, that's when we're arguing with God. And so you can take it a step further and you can say, Holy Spirit, help me to have a compassionate heart right now. Even though I want to choke them right now. And I modified that a little bit too. Because in our minds we want to choke them to death. But see, it's, that's what we have to, that's what we're warned against. That's what we're up against. Holy Spirit, I want to slander somebody right now. Now, we don't say that. But we do it. And so we have to catch ourselves and then we have to say, okay, Holy Spirit, I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk like that. Will you give me a, a compassionate heart? Give me kindness to speak to them. This is what putting off is and putting on is. And I'm telling you, we need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, active and alive so that we can be what God and His Word have called us to be. We need His help not to do the things He doesn't want us to do, but we also need the help of the Holy Spirit to do the things He wants us to do. And as human beings, this is how most of us think when we hear a message like this. Well, He just doesn't want me to have any fun anymore. You know, if I stop doing all of those things, I'm just not going to have any fun. Life is going to be boring. No, it's not. You know, we look at the negative part of it and we're like, okay, he doesn't want me to do this. He doesn't want me to do that. He doesn't want... Have you ever considered what he does want you to do? Because what he does want you to do is much better for you than what you're doing right now. And so we need to give ourselves to the truth of his word. We need to begin to do these things. Put them on. John chapter 16. I'm surprised nobody has asked me about this. But then again, we've done a lot with this. So if you've been here any length of time, you know that this is one of my favorite scriptures. And we're going to start closing with this. I have one more, but this will, we're heading home. John 16, verse 7. Jesus is saying this to his disciples. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, everybody say, the Helper, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. So, I want us to understand this. This is Jesus speaking. And as great as it is that He's going to die for us and forgive us our sins and everything else, He's saying... It is to your advantage that I go away because if I go away, I'm going to send the Helper to you. So the God of the universe is willing to come and live within us and help us. He's a free gift to anyone who would believe, but we have to believe in Jesus and His sacrifice for us and invite Him into our lives. We have to do our part and God will do His part. But I want us to try to get this down. I don't know if I can say it right, so I'm just going to read it. 
if Jesus thought that it was so important and necessary to leave heaven, come to earth as a man, become a servant at that, was willing to die for us, pay our debt for our sins, do all of that so that our Heavenly Father could pour out His Spirit into us so that we can live right, we can become like Christ, should we not pay more attention and give ourselves to as much of the Holy Spirit as possible? If He has done this so that it's to our advantage that the Father has the opportunity to pour out His Spirit upon us and have the Helper come into our lives, why do we treat Him as if He's a second-class citizen if we even think about Him? Jesus paid a great deal that cost Him His life so that God could pour His Spirit into us, living in us, never leaving or forsaking us. Shouldn't the least we do on earth is then to take advantage of the Holy Spirit and as much of Him as we can. And that's not in a negative way. That's not in a using way. But that's in a smart way. Because if your life is like mine, and I trust that it is, you need as much help as you can get from God. And Jesus paid the price so that the Father could give us the Holy Spirit and we treat the Holy Spirit like He's nothing. We treat Him as if He doesn't deserve anything. We talk about Him being a come to lead us and guide us, but yet how many of us actually rely on Him leading and guiding us? How many of us get so fretful that we even forget that He exists and we try and come up with solutions on our own? It's amazing to me that we can describe more on Facebook than we can with the Holy Spirit. And think about this for a moment. What good is it to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and we don't take advantage of the Holy Spirit that Jesus died to give us and we act like He isn't important in our Christian life and walk. To me, it seems that that's an arrogance that God is going to deal with. Because when we don't rely on Him, when we don't give ourselves to Him, we're telling God, you know, hey, you did this, I thank you for my salvation, but I don't need the Holy Spirit. I'll continue to take control of my life. I'll continue to live the way I want to live. That's not the way God operates. That's not how His kingdom is. And so what you're saying is, in your arrogance, you're saying, God, what Jesus did was just nothing. Because God came and God sent Jesus more than to die for your sins. He came to die for your sins, but He also came for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to take advantage of the Holy Spirit in us. And we don't even do that. We hardly even acknowledge the Holy Spirit. We acknowledge the likes on Facebook. We acknowledge all of that. But we don't even give a rip about God in our lives. And that's sad. It's as if we've told God, okay, God, I'll take your sacrifice. I'll go to heaven. But until I get there, I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. 
Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you, that's why in our services, we're giving room for the Holy Spirit. If it's too much for you, there's other churches that don't need them. We need them. We need them. <clears throat> you don't have to raise your hand when I ask this question. I already know the answer. How many of us get frustrated and exasperated when we don't understand. All of us. All of us. And so we find in Proverbs chapter 3 this. He said, verse 5. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with, your, with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make, make straight your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This is easier said and read than done. We look at that and we just think, oh, that's such a nice saying. But can I tell you something that if you're going to live this out, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. Because there are going to be moments in our lives and sometimes they're longer than moments in our lives when we simply do not understand. We don't understand anything that God is doing. We don't understand what others are doing. We don't even understand what we are doing. Or why all these things are happening to us. Or not happening to us. And so, I'm here to tell you that if your life is like mine, and I trust that it is, we all have plenty of opportunity to put this Scripture into practice. But how many of us take the time to wait upon the Lord, to ask and wait with and for the Holy Spirit to help us? And when we don't do that, we take matters into our own hands and we make things worse. And we make it worse because we don't trust God and we think He is too slow. That He's not answering us right. If He's answering us at all. And so in our pride, we fall back to our own understanding. And this is why we need the help of the Holy Spirit to be alive and active in our life. And this is exactly why Jesus came and died for us. So our Heavenly Father could pour out His Spirit into our lives so that we could have the help that we needed. I'm telling you. This is easy to read in Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That's easy. In our mind, it's another thing to walk it out. And so when it's hard, I'm here to tell you, God has given us the Holy Spirit to help us. To help us get through. He says, don't lean on your own understanding. I'm telling you, that is not easy to do. We look at things in the natural. We've learned things from this world. And so we think we understand some things. And it's easy for us to fall back on our own understanding. And yet he tells us, don't do that. Don't lean on your own understanding. In other words, you're going to need help. In all your ways, acknowledge him. How many of us do that? 
How many of us do that? Be not wise in your own eyes. Verse 7. How many of us do that? We read this scripture and, and it's like, it's comforting to us when we're just reading it. But it's painful if you live by it. <coughs> That's why we need the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm not trying to reduce the Holy Spirit down. But I'm telling you, your life would be much better if you blabbed to the Holy Spirit than you did blab on Facebook. Stand with me. Let's pray. Father, we need you. We need more of you. We need to pay more attention to you. Father, we need help. Lord, we can't live this Christian life on our own. We can't do the things that you've called us to do on our own. We need your help. Father, we, we fall and we, we call upon You and we ask for You to help us. There's things that You call us to that it's not in us to do it in ourselves, but it is with You. Father, may we turn to You as our helper. May we trust the Holy Spirit as our helper, our strengthener, our standby, whatever we have need of. I thank You that He's there. Father, I pray that you would awaken within us a, a need and, and not just the need, but we would put it into practice, the, the need to have the Holy Spirit help us. Father, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit more. Help us. Help us. Help us not to make the Holy Spirit a, an afterthought, but help us to make Him our forethought. The first one we think of. The first person that we turn to. The first person that we trust in, even when we don't understand. Even when we don't see a way. Father, may we trust in You. Father, be with us through the help of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And Father, we thank you for the provision of this food, the hands that made it. Lord, we ask you to bless it for our bodies in Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, feel free to come up. We'll be delighted to pray with you.